I'm back. What is happening, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Talking Sports with Ben. It is me, Ben. And boy, does it feel good to be back behind a mic. I apologize to everyone for the long layoff. Um, Thanksgiving happened, and I wanted to enjoy my time off and spend time with my family and I had a great, great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody did as well. What's not to love about Thanksgiving? You got family, you got food, and you got football. Everybody's wearing sweatpants. Everybody's just eating football on TV. Oh, I just love it. Had a great, great day. Had a great week. It was awesome. And also turkey bingo. And if you don't know what turkey bingo is, you lose. Because it's bingo on Thanksgiving. What's not to love? Great time doing that. I ended up with a uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and a Cleveland Cavaliers pennant. Add that to the man cave. Pretty stoked about that. A lot, a lot of fun, though. I hope everybody enjoyed the holidays. And then I had some technical difficulties, which, you know, it is what it is. But it's over with. I'm back. I feel great feels good to get back behind the mic. There's so much to talk about, and let's get into it. Start with some news like we always do. I'm going to start with uh, McAdoo and Jerry Reese getting fired. Management and the coach for the Giants, long overdue. Everybody kind of saw this coming. It needed to happen, especially with the, the fiasco of last week. You know, benching Eli Manning, yeah, I mean, okay, a lot of teams do this. You know, your season's over, you want to see what you have, and blah, 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 blah. But you know what Geno is. Okay, if the Giants drafted a quarterback last year, and they wanted to get him in, and they want to see what they have because they're going to end up with a nice pick this year. Do they need to go quarterback? You know, you kind of want to see what we have. But you're putting Geno Smith. Dude's had plenty of starts in this league. I think it's like 16 or 17. You know what he is. He's not going to be your guy. And to do Eli dirty like that, breaking his streak up, I mean, so disrespectful to a quarterback that has done so much for that team, so much for that city. It was disappointing, and then you hear that they offered to allow Eli Manning to continue to start, which, just think about that for a second. You're going to allow your franchise guy, I mean, and mad props to Eli by saying, no, if you don't want me to be your guy, if you're not going to have me be out there the whole time battling with my team, then I don't want to do it. He doesn't want to just start to keep his record going, which, hats off to Eli, again, he gained a lot of respect from a lot of people, me included. I appreciate that. I mean, look, do you think the Giants' problems this year is an Eli Manning problem? I mean, I know he's not lighting it up, but he's not losing. He's not the reason why they're losing. It's the defense has quit. They don't care. No one wanted to play under McAdoo. They don't. No one. All the injuries, losing Odell and Sterling and Marshall. And, I mean, the list goes on and on. Their offensive line issues. I mean, they have lost. They have had a lot of injuries. They've. 
it's tough. And they play in a really tough division. I just it's not an Eli issue. But McAdoo got canned. Thank God Jerry Reese got canned. They needed to do this. They needed to get a fresh start. I doubt Eli's back next year, but we'll see. He is going to be starting this next week, which that's a good thing. So I'm happy for Eli to be able to get back out there. You could see how emotional he was talking about not being able to play anymore. It really felt for the guy. So McAdoo's gone. Great. Reese, gone. Great. Eli getting to start again. Great. If I were a Giants fan, I would like the direction they're heading. And those are some moves that needed to happen. It was a long, long time coming. And then I want to talk about Gronk, who had a great game this past Sunday, but that's not what we're going to talk about. I think he had like 150 yards or some shit like that. We'll get into that part later. He's getting suspended for a game. He's going to miss next Monday night's game against Miami. Whatever, I wish you'd have been suspended two games as a selfish Steeler fan, but that's besides the point. So, he has this just cheap, cheap shot. He runs this route, and Tredavian White, Tredavious White, excuse me, running step for step with him, makes a great play in the ball, picks it off, and then goes down on the sidelines. He's out of bounds, plays over, and Gronk's behind him, and he just kind of stands there for a second, and then he just puts all of his weight, shoulder, and his, like, fucking RoboCop arm right into the back of the dude's head. Just fucking dirty. Belichick, after the game, even went up to the coach and on the opposite side and, and apologized. It was just, it was fucking terrible. So he got suspended for a game. He appealed, which, why? Are you going to fucking seriously appeal that? Take that. I mean, that was terrible. And it got upheld. So he's gone next week. I just, there's a lot of a lot of dirty shit going on this week. We're going to get into some more of that here in a second. But just terrible. You know, you don't see this out of the Patriots very often. It's not how they're coached. And it just, I don't know. You know, Gronk always has been complaining about guys going low and, He's had so many injuries in the past, and you're just putting another target on your back. You're doing all the, you're doing this dirty shit. What do you think a, a safety is gonna think about when you line up and you cross in the middle? They're you know if you want to play that way, you're gonna get it back, and that's just kind of how it works. And I don't think this is a good look for Gronk, for the Patriots, or for any of them. I'm glad he got suspended, but I think I thought he could have got more. Anyway, let's get into that Steelers Bengals fiasco of. Uh, dirtiness is one way to put it. Uh, on a uh, heavier note to start, though, uh, Ryan Shazier, early on in the game, led with his head for a tackle, and he hit the deck. No movement in his lower body. Very, very, very scary. As you all know, I'm a Steelers fan. It was very heartbreaking to watch the leader of our defense lying down in the middle of the field in obvious pain and not moving his lower body it was very very scary he laid there for quite some time he got stretchered off taken to a local hospital immediately by ambulance and there wasn't a lot of updates um now post all of this i guess while he was on the stretcher his best friend and fellow linebacker vince williams he told him that he could feel it but he just couldn't move it so 
he thought that was a, a good sign, and Vince was very, very, he was visibly upset, very emotional, puffy-eyed, crying, just a very sad deal. I mean, it'd be so hard to play under those circumstances, but it sounds like he's going to be all right. They've labeled it as a spinal cord contusion, which just sounds terrible. Anything to do with the spinal cord is nothing to joke about. It's very, very real. And there was so much swelling that that's why he wasn't able to move his legs. But the swelling has gone down. He has gained. He has got some movement down there. It's not full. He's going to be evaluated for another 48 hours and continue to work on. So pray for Shea. Hope to God he is fine. It's not about football anymore. I don't. It's not about whether he gets back on the field. It's about him being able to walk and live his life. So I hope he's okay. But it sounds like good news anyway. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, receiver for Pittsburgh, just knocked the fuck out of perfect. Run play with Bell, and he came and cracked black, crack back blocked perfect and just put him on his ass. And then continued to stand over him and stare him down, taunting. Very ugly. Like I said, you know, you know I'm a Steelers fan. I don't mind the hit. To be honest with you, it's a block. You don't, it's not, it was uncalled for in hindsight, but when you're in the middle of a game, you know, you're just trying to block a dude. Now, Ber- it's, Perfect has done this many times. The dude is fucking dirty. He is, He's. it's hard for me to watch him play, especially knowing that he is such a great linebacker and he's just a dirty pile of shit. Constantly in that game, any time Pittsburgh would get in any sort of rhythm I'm talking a couple first downs in a row he would hit the deck act like he's injured dude you would have thought he broke his fucking arm the way he come off the field not being able to pick his arm up and taking so much time and then literally one play later he's waving his arms like a madman on the sideline and goes back in and this happened like three or four times in that game, whether it was a leg or a hand or an arm, whatever. Just He's just a dirty fuck. Um, Juju was interviewed about the hit after the game, and he said he had no idea that it was perfect that he hit at the time, which I believe you don't, you know, you're not, you're just blocking someone. And then AB is in the background just yelling, karma, it's karma. That's, it's just karma. And... I mean, if you believe in that type of thing, it is. The dude, I don't feel bad about the hit. I hate the taunting. I really do, especially in that spot of the game. He could have cost us a lot. That's You don't do that shit. It, it's disgusting. But it's heated with these teams, man. It happens all the time. Perfect has literally taken out, taking out, excuse me, taken out Ben for a playoff games by hurting his shoulder. He's uh, hurt Bell. Bell's been hurt twice where he's had to be done for the year because of hits from the Bengals. I mean, it's dirty. It's crazy. It's how it is. And Juju got suspended for a game for that, which we knew was coming. I think it's deserved. I don't think he should be playing next week The taunt, because of the taunting. I mean, the hit, fine, unnecessary. It's a block, whatever. Five years ago, it would have been on all over ESPN. It was, holy shit, big hit, dude got knocked out. You know, it celebrated not that long ago. So he got suspended a game. And Iloka also got suspended a game for that hit, 
the safety for that hit on Antonio Brown in the end zone, which turned out to be the uh, game-tying touchdown catch from Antonio Brown. He helmet-to-helmet hit him. Hit him pretty hard. AB got up, no problem, though. But, yeah, he got suspended a game, so two suspensions. Also, Perfect ended up, he got carted off the field um, after the juju hit. He was um, on the ground for quite some time, but they said that he was yelling at the trainers to take these straps off me, and he was jumping out of the thing, and he was ready to go back in. Just another perfect play. Drama fucking queen. But I hope he is okay above everything else. Just a, a crazy, crazy mess of a game. Um, Jimmy Smith tours Achilles, cornerback for the Ravens, and the Ravens are playing well. They have turned it up. Their defense is the real deal. Jimmy Smith is having his best uh, year of his career, his short career, but he's playing very well. But he tours Achilles, so they were going to move him to the IR, and he also got suspended four games anyway for PED use. But why is it all of a sudden he's like, yeah, that's cool. I'll take the suspension. I'm not going to appeal it. Well, no shit. They're letting him serve it while he's hurt, so it doesn't fucking matter. I don't understand that. Why is that allowed? Why it should be as soon as he returns to where he can play, then he'll serve the suspension. But I don't know. I guess that's just a fucking loophole. I hate that. I know I'm not a Raven fan, or I hate the Ravens, but it's just bullshit. It shouldn't happen. One more thing I wanted to touch on, um, Aaron Rodgers, sounds like he's going to start practicing. Clay Matthews actually said it was really stupid that the Packers put him on IR because it sounds like he could could have been back even sooner. The Packers are 6-6, six and six, and they just come off a win against Tampa Bay, which a win they had to have. And now they go to Cleveland, so you would think they could get that win. Then they got to go at Carolina. That's going to be a tough game. Carolina's very good. They are better than Green Bay with Hunley at quarterback for sure. But if they win these next two games and, and they're 8-6, and six, if they beat Cleveland and Carolina with Hunley and then Aaron Rodgers can come back for a home game against Minnesota and then at Detroit and they close out 10-6 and six, and they sneak in the playoffs, holy shit. No one's going to want to play an Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay team. You know what they're about. They're good with him. He's, it's Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Looks like he's going to play some scout team quarterback right now, so we'll see what happens. It'd be kind of interesting seeing if they could get these next couple wins and then with a chance to make the playoffs insert their, obviously, their best player and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That would be quite a story all right let's dive into week 13 games oh feels good to be doing this again guys it really does thursday night game was the skins and the cowboys cowboys uh put it on them 38 to 14 cowboys are now six and six and the redskins fall to five and seven cousins was 26 of 37 two touchdowns two picks also had a couple fumbles i think he only lost one but yeah, he Cousins, he had his moments in this game, but overall, it just kind of it didn't feel like they got any rhythm going. It was a lot of they couldn't get the run game going. P. Ryan only had twelve carries for thirty eight yards, and he he was coming off a couple good games. So yeah, not getting that run game going, I think 
really hurt him in this game, especially against the Cowboys. You really expected them to be able to do that. P. Ryan coming off a 100-yard performance, I figured he would. But only 12 carries, it's hard to get a rhythm going. Uh, Grant, who's been quite a surprise for them. He's played very well in the past few weeks. Five catches, 76, and got in the end zone again. Crowder, a lot of underneath stuff, five for 67. Doxon got in the end zone again. I still think they should take more shots with Doxon, but it's going to be tough for the Red. I think the Redskins are It's pretty much... That was kind of a loser-leaves-town match kind of thing. I think the Redskins are pretty much done. Now it's going to be a lot of, what are we going to do with Cousins? Are they going to sign him? Are they going to move on? We'll see what happens. But I think any team that's in need of a quarterback, and there's a lot of teams in need of a quarterback, would gladly take Cousins. I think he is a very, very good quarterback. And in a good circumstance, the sky's the limit for him. But Dallas got back into the win column. Prescott, you know, not great numbers. 11 for 22, 102 yards and a couple touchdowns. I mean, whatever. Found Witten in the end zone and Dez. Dez looked good, though. Dez had a couple good catches and it seemed like he uh, got his footing again. And Alfred Morris. 27 carries, 127 yards, and a touchdown. What have I been screaming about? I know it's been a while since I've screamed, but I said that the Zeke injury was not, or the Zeke suspension, excuse me, was not as important as losing left tackle Tyron Smith or linebacker Sean Lee. The reason why Alfred Moore, why the production was not as good as what Zeke was doing was because the volume wasn't there. Sure, Zeke was having 150-yard games and two touchdown performances or 110-yard games with a touchdown performance because he was getting 30 totes. Finally, they give the ball to Morris, and they feed him 27 times, and he gets 127 yards and a touchdown. That's what I've been screaming about. I just feel like they almost wanted the excuse, I know I've said this before, of the reason why they're not winning is because of suspension and blah, 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 blah. Give the ball to Alfred Morris. He's a proven back in this league, and he will run the ball. Not, I mean, of course, Zeke is better, but you're still going to get good production out of him. And Rod Smith's not bad. He had 10 carries, had a, got a touchdown as well. Got to run the ball, and that's what they did. They ran the ball around 40 times to Prescott's 22 pass attempts. That's their recipe for winning. Dallas wins. They have to run, 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 control the clock. That's the only way. Their defense cannot be put out there. For more than half the game, there's no way. They're never going to win. So it was good to see them get back to what they need to do to get a W. All right, we got the Vikings and the Falcons, which was dubbed one of the best games of the week. And I love the Val- the Vikings coming in. I really do. It seems like people are still don't buy into Minnesota. You know, I don't know if it's because of past experiences with the team or... You know, not as much experience in the skill positions, especially in the playoffs, but this team is legit. They are for real. They have a defense, a Super Bowl caliber defense. They use the run game the way they should, and they have outside weapons. I mean, what's not to love? What's not to love about the Vikings? Case Keenum is balling, 227 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. Gotta like that. And... Come on, coach. Stop saying, I just feel like you need to stop like leaving a window for Teddy. Just let this man have his job. You are 10-2. and two. 
Uh, I just, he's deserved it. Uh, Murray, 16 carries, 76 yards. McKinnon had nine carries for 24 yards, but he had a receiving touchdown. Thielen had four catches, 51 yards. Rudolph got in the end zone. Diggs only had a couple catches, but, man, these guys are good. The way they're using Latavius Murray and McKinnon is something beautiful. They're splitting. It seems like they're splitting snaps, almost 50-50. And, but they still ride the hot hand at the same time. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Latavius Murray will bang in the inside. He will wear out a defense. He will get you those tough yards that you need. He will score down close. And McKinnon, such a change of pace guy. He still will run between the tackles. He's not afraid. But when he gets in space, if he gets past those linebackers, it's over. It's over, and he is a great receiver. He's got a knack for finding the end zone. He's a good red zone option. I just love what they're doing. And Kyle Rudolph has really stepped up these past couple weeks. So having that, it seems like uh, Bradford really had a connection with Rudolph. He has a connection with tight ends. That's kind of how it was. Keenum was really using the outside. But now that he's incorporating Rudolph more, it just seems like this offense is even more dynamic. I know they only scored 14 points. But it's still beating a good team on the road. Um, Matt Ryan, 16 for 29, 173 yards. No picks, no touchdowns. Freeman in his first game back was pretty effective. 12 carries for 74. Coleman had 8 carries for 22. He had a few catches. Sanu, 3 catches for 43. And Julio, 2 for 24. Okay, Julio's coming off that monster week where he had like 250 fucking yards and two touchdowns, just killed it. And then Xavier Rhodes gets him, and he just puts him on lock. Like, Minnesota's defense is good everywhere, but then when you can add a corner that is literally going to take away your number one guy. Take away. That's what he just did to Julio. He, I mean, he's incredible. To have that in your pocket... I'd be I'd be pretty confident I was a Vikings fan. Defense is what travels. As long as Keenum keeps doing what he's doing, the Vikings are going to be very, very tough out. I think they're going to end up with the one seed. I think the playoffs are going to end up going through Minnesota. So I love what they're doing. I really, really do. Okay, we got the Patriots and the Bills. This was a snooze fest. I was keeping my eye on this one. Of course, I would love for the Patriots to lose. It would help out the Steelers quite a bit. But, of course, the Bills weren't going to do that. It's kind of close early on. A lot of field goals. 23-3 for the Patriots. Brady didn't throw a touchdown. He did have a pick. 258 yards. Deion Lewis, good, good game. 15 carries for 92 yards. That's over 6 yards carry. He's been balling out. Rex Burkhead. It seems like they're really, really liking there. He is... He's getting more and more work every week. 12 carries, 78 yards, and a couple touchdowns. They really like him in the red zone. They will, they'll spread him out in the slot. They'll put him out wide. They'll run him at fullback. They'll run him at halfback. They'll run him everywhere. He is a Swiss Army knife, and he and he's good. He's really, really good. He, he takes contact. He's good in the field. He's good everywhere. Gronk, like I was talking about earlier, he had a big game. Nine catches for a buck 47. Didn't get in the end zone, but... And then there was that that hit that was just disgusting. I don't need to talk about that again, but yeah. So Patriots did what they do. They found a way to win. Only two touchdowns, but, you know, Bills have a good defense, I guess. 
and it was on the road. We'll see how they, uh, I guess, I know they're only playing Miami, but it's still on the road, and no Gronk could be a tougher matchup than you think. Um, for the Bills, Tyrod Taylor got hurt, so his numbers are according to Peterman came in. He was ineffective. McCoy, 15 for 93. He did McCoy things. They they have no weapons on the outside. You know, Zay Jones, everybody liked him coming out of college, but, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin can't stay healthy. They have no weapons at all. That offense is so bleak. And the way they started the year, I mean, they're 6-6 six and six now. I think they were 5-2 and two at one point. So, yeah, disappointed in the Bills. I think... When he bent, when they Barone benched Taylor for Peterman, I think that really threw him off. And they they're getting into the harder part of their schedule too, and it's just it's not flowing very good for the Bills. So Patriots win big as expected. Got the Niners beating the Bears by one fifteen to fourteen. Niners have now two wins on the season. Bears three. Garoppolo impressed me. He did have a pick. But he was 26-37 for 293. Didn't throw a touchdown. But that pick wasn't a bad pick. It was a really good play from the defender. So here's my question. Is Garoppolo a top 10 quarterback in the league right now? Now, I want whoever's listening right now. I You know, your first reaction might be like, dude, you're, fuck, you're high. No, he's not a top 10 quarterback. He's got like four stars. But just think about it. Run through the Rolodex of quarterbacks. And find nine quarterbacks that you would take right now over him for the rest for the next seven years. Now I know some quarterbacks aren't you know that's that's favoring it a little bit, but he looks like the real deal to me. Just the way he throws in that last drive, starting on his own five and getting down there and for a field goal. I mean that's impressive. The Bears, you know, they're not the greatest team, but they do play pretty good defense at home. I don't know. I think I think there's a lot to lot to be excited for in San Francisco. You're gonna have a nice pick. You foreseeably got your quarterback of the future. You know, maybe they draft a Saquon Barkley and they got a young defense and you, you put some weapons around Garoppolo and Goodwin's been a nice surprise. I don't know. You know, I think there's some 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 excitement there. I think there should be. Hyde had 17 carries for 54. Breed had 12 for 45. I like the way they use those guys in that game. They mixed them really well. It seems like they usually either just give one of them everything. You know, they really want to get Breed involved because who knows what. I, I doubt Hyde's back there next year, but Breed is nice too. So it was good the way they mixed them. Uh, Goodwin, like I mentioned, had a, nice, a good game, 8 for 99. Taylor had 6 for 92. Garoppolo spread the ball around a lot. You know, there's a lot of guys with two catches, three catches, four. You know, he spread it around well. I, th- I think that's the uh, sign of a good quarterback. You see Drabisky staring down receivers. and But with Garoppolo, it looks like he scans the field, uses his reads. You know, he looked like he watched Brady for a few. You know what I mean? He's. I think he's got all the makings of being a, a really good quarterback. I like the way uh, he played. I really do. Uh, Trubisky, 12 for 15, 102, and a touchdown. Just, you know, whatever. Efficient, but nothing eye-popping. Howard, Jesus. Why is it that Howard either has 25 carries for 140 yards and a touchdown, or it's like it is right here, 13 for 38, or 5 for 13, or, you know, I just I don't get it with him. 
And I don't know, I guess at this point, the Bears are just like, well, let's get Trubisky as much as we can. Let's get him as many reps as possible. But he only threw the ball 15 times. I don't know. It just, Inman got in the end zone. That's going to, you know, they traded for Inman. I like Inman. Maybe they will, maybe they're trying to, that's what I would do. If you're not going to just really try to win and just fucking feed Howard, just spread it out. Get Inman as much, and uh, Inman and Trubisky, a nice rapport. Maybe they have something going ahead in next year. All right, the Bucks and the Packers. And, yeah, not a great game, right? Not like something you are really looking forward to pre-game. But this was a big a big game for Packers fans and for the Packers. It, they, they needed to win this game. The Bucks are not good. And if the Packers want any chance of Aaron Rodgers coming back and trying to sneak in somehow, and, you know, if they get in with Aaron Rodgers, there is a chance. And everybody knows that. So they had to win this game. They did 26-20 overtime, an Aaron Jones run to win it. Winston had a pretty good game. 21 for 32, 270, and a couple touchdowns. Both touchdowns to Brait. Uh, no... Oh, excuse me. Peyton Barber had 23 for 102. He also had four catches for 41. No Doug Martin in this game. Concussion. And everybody assumed it would be Jacquez because that's what it always has been. And it wasn't. They used Barber last week, and they used him again. And they used him a lot, and he was effective. I think that's a pretty good sign. You know, it's nice knowing that you got another back that is capable. Obviously, the Green Bay's run defense isn't stellar, but anytime you can get over 100 yards on the ground, it's 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 nice. And like I said, Bray had a couple touchdowns on both two catches for two touchdowns, so efficient. Only 39 yards. Evans, holy disappointment. Evans, two catches for 33. That dude has been a borderline bum this year. I know there's been, you know, like I've said it before, the Bucks were everybody's darling pick coming in, and and I'll admit I was pretty high on them. I thought they had a good team, and I still think they have a lot of potential there. But man, I don't know if Evans just is now getting more double coverage than he used to, or what. But I don't know. I just, and he's not getting near as many targets. You know, in the past years, he was Winston would just force feed him. He would get 13, 14 targets a game. He's not getting that anymore either. But that could be coverage reasons or he's just not getting those jump balls. He's just, just disappointing. Hunley, 13 for 22, 84 yards and a pick. Blech. He had 66 yards on the ground, I guess. But come on, 84 yards passing against a shitty Bucks team. Boy, do they want Rodgers back. Jamal, who would have thought that Green Bay's offense at just running back you. I mean, Montgomery started off the year very, very good. Got banged up. Okay, Aaron Jones, your turn. And then he just takes off and starts killing it. He gets a little banged up. Now Jamal Williams comes in and tears it up. Jamal Williams, 21 carries for 113 and a touchdown. Aaron Jones had that 20-yard touchdown to win the game. God. They just have they 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 got a fleet of running backs and that's always been the problem and who it would be really nice if they had their their MVP right now and you know if Aaron Rodgers didn't get down and all these running backs got discovered the way and they were four and one with him who they might not have lost 
you know, all those deficiencies on that defense, Aaron Rodgers is the reason. He makes up for all of it. He scores a lot. He scores quick, and he buries teams. So, I don't know. Devontae Adams, Hunley's favorite target, and if Hunley only had 84 yards, he's not going to have much. He had half those with 42. Nelson had five catches, but he only had 17 yards. He can't get – Nelson can't get going. It, Nelson is a nothing right now with Hunley and – Nelson wants Aaron Rodgers back more than anybody. There's no back shoulder throws. There's no, you know, Nelson's out there. He's not getting any looks. Devontae Adams clearly is Hunley's target. So, But like I said, good win for the Packers. They needed it to keep any little bit of hope they have alive. So, All right, we got the Texans and the Titans. Titans win 24-13. to I believe the Titans are leading that division now, so... That is a, I think they're 8-4 now, I believe. So, yeah, good win for the Titans. you got to win at home against teams like this. Uh, Tommy Savage threw the ball 49 fucking times. 365, had a touchdown, had a pick. Lamar Miller, 15 carries, 56, had four catches for 71. So that's like 127 yards. So he, great game out of Miller. It's, that's when Miller's at his best. When he's, when they're not just, you know, he's not great getting 25 carries, but he's got to get, he's got, if you give him between 12, 10 to 15 carries area, but also give him like five to seven, eight targets, he needs to get the ball in different spots. You can't just run him up the gut. If you give him a healthy dose of inside and uh, chances in space, that's where he's at his best. Hopkins, eight catches, 80. Hopkins is a beast. He's so great. He's so fun to watch at the sideline. He know He's so good at tapping them toes. Anderson, five catches, 79. He got in the end zone, which is a little bit of a surprise. Braxton Miller had one of his better games, had 71 yards receiving. I just, you know, Texans, it just, I feel bad for them losing Deshaun Watson. They had, seems like they had so much behind their sails, man. They were going it was their division to be had, it seemed. And then he goes down, and that's it. It's pretty sad, actually. Mariota, 15 for 23, 150 yards and a touchdown. You know, nothing great. Very, very game managery. A lot of work was done on the ground. Henry and Murray both had 11 carries. Henry with 109 yards and a touchdown broke one late. And Murray had 66 yards, so pretty effective from both guys. Delaney Walker got in the end zone on 63 yards and five catches. And Decker had a few catches, you know, here and there, but not a big passing game. A lot of work on the ground, a lot of taking advantage of Texans and mistakes. So Titans win when they needed, when they had to have. You got to win games like that if you want to give yourself a shot. All right, we go to the Broncos and the Dolphins, and blah, how bad are the Broncos? They are getting hard to watch, people. Ugh. Dolphins put it on them, 35-9. Broncos are now 3-9. and nine. I believe that is eight straight losses. Simeon, 19 for 41, 200 yards, and three picks. Count them. One, two, three picks. Just brutal. They Their quarterback play is just abysmal. C.J. Anderson, 15 carries, 67, had 43 yards receiving. So he had over 100 yards of total offense, and that's that's what he was doing 
while they were winning early on in the year, and then they went away from it, and then, oh, God, I, I'm not even going to begin to try to figure out what happened to Denver. It, it's just terrible. With, uh, God damn it. With a super caliber, Super Bowl caliber, excuse me, defense, all you got to do is not fuck it up on offense and put some points up. But now the defense is so, they don't care anymore. What's the point? You're going to go out and score nine against Miami? Get the fuck out of here. Ugh. Jay Cutler, 18 for 31, 235, two touchdowns and two picks. My boy, Drake, Kenny Drake, man, he looked good. His first um, game as the lead and only back after the Damian Williams injury had 23 carries, 120 yards, and got in the paint. I think he broke like a 40-some yard touchdown run. He looked good. He looked very good. Kenny Stills had five catches, 98, and a touchdown. He did fumble once. And Landry did his usual five catches, 62 stat line. And Julius Thomas got in the end zone, who's played pretty good this year. So, you know, I don't know what to make of the Dolphins. It's going to be tough tough to get in the, the uh, playoffs, I would think. But, you know, there is some bright spots there. You know, the J.H.I. trade looked very, very crazy and incompetent when it happened. But, you know, Drake's a good back, and Damian Williams was playing well, too. So maybe they uh, maybe they knew what they were doing, huh? I don't know. And I know you only got a fourth-round pick, but a fourth-round pick can be a lot of things. So good win for the Dolphins. Just more shit from the Broncos. Not a lot to say with them. And the next game we're going to talk about is, oh, my, oh, God, the Chiefs and the Jets. And the Chiefs fucking lose. And the Chiefs lose again. Ugh. What the hell? Chiefs lose 38-31. And I don't even know where to begin. They were 5-0. and Home. Game against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh goes in there and beats them. There's no shame in that. Pittsburgh's a good team. They're 10-2. Number one team in the AFC as of right now, according to the standings. And then... They proceed to lose more. They were five and zero, like I said. They are one and six since. Ugh, their defense is fucking trash. Okay, you're on the road against the Jets. Now the Jets are better than people thought they were going to be. They're still not great. They were just okay, okay team. And you jump out to an early fourteen point lead. I think within like four and a half minutes. Big touchdowns to Kelsey on both of them. They're rolling. Look at this stat line. Figure me this. Alex Smith, 19 for 33, 366, four touchdowns, no picks, and had 70 yards on the ground on a carry. If I would have told you that I would have given you that stat line, also that Tyreek Hill had 185 yards receiving and two touchdowns, and Kelsey had 94 yards and two touchdowns, if I would have told you all that, Going into that game, you would have been like, holy shit, Kansas City finally got it back on track. They put it on the, the, the Jets, an inferior team, and they finally got back in the win column, and maybe they're going to get something rolling. No, that's not what happened, because their defense is fucking abysmal. And I don't want to hear, oh, they miss Eric Berry. That happened fucking weeks ago, like a, like three months ago. That happened week one, I believe, and you still went on to win. Four more games after that. I don't want to hear of that shit. 
you got comfortable. And uh, it's frustrating because the Kansas City, they, they should be good. They really should. And I said I said weeks ago that you should be worried about the Chargers because if, if anything like this does happen, I think the Chargers are better. I think the Chargers, because defensively, they are getting wrecked on defense, and they have no confidence now. And now Alex Smith is looking behind him. Are they going to put Mahomes in? And they just abandon the run. How do you abandon Hunt? Hunt is going crazy these first few weeks of the year. They've already got him dubbed the player of the year. Maybe he's the MVP. Is he going to break Dicker? Blah, 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 blah. And then he gets nine totes. Nine carries. How do you explain that? How do you explain giving Kareem Hunt nine carries? There is no explanation for it. It's terrible. A month ago, I said the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, is going to be Alvin Kamara. I said it, I said it, I said it, and I, I looked like a genius. And it's not because of Kareem Hunt sucking. He's, they're not giving him the opportunities anymore. He's such a good bag, and they don't want to get I mean, nine carries against the Jets on the road with your defense struggling this bad. You're not going to try to... Oh, don't, oh, my God, I can't. It's so irritating. Give this ball, the, this man the ball. Anyway, McCown, 26-36, 331, one touchdown, no picks. He's been great. He's really been good. McCown, it just kind of worries me that the Jets is going to be like the Fitzpatrick. You know, Fitzpatrick had that good year, and then they brought him back for like $12 million for one, and then he stung up the plays, and... Is it gonna be like that? Are they gonna bring are they gonna bring McCown back for another year? Or you know, what what are they they got five wins now, so they're not they're probably not gonna get, you know, the top five pick they wanted and that's kinda gone and we don't even know if Darnold's coming out, blah blah blah. You know, everyone dubbed the Jets as they're gonna tank, they're gonna get the quarterback and they're gonna move on. Well, man, it's not been the case. They've played well, and they still have a shot and of getting even in the playoffs. And McCown's played well. I think he's earned some more, you know, a contract, at least a couple years. You know, we'll see what happens with that. But Forte, 15 carries, 58 yards, three catches, 33, got in the end zone. He got in the end zone on a really close play. It was a, a very good play. It was a catch, and he, he snuck in there. It was pretty cool. Uh, Blau Powell had 18 carries, not very efficient though, for only 48 yards. Curse and Anderson, them boys are real. Ryan Anderson is the real, real deal. Boy, I love watching Anderson play. He can get separation on anybody. He, he'll catch in traffic, he'll catch any route, he'll catch it over the top, back shoulder. He doesn't care. He is good. Anderson had eight catches, 107 yards, and Curse had nine for 157. Those guys are good, and McCown is finding them early and often. I really like that. I like what the Jets are doing, but the Chiefs are just a major disappointment. It's just, it's just. If I was a Chiefs fan, I would be freaking out. I'm freaking out anyway, and I don't want them to win. But as a Steelers fan, I'd rather play the Chiefs right now than I would the Chargers. I think you know the Chargers are six and six, and Oakland six and six. They're all six and six. So, who knows if Kansas City is even going to make the playoffs at this point after beating New England and Philly, going five and zero? It's just, 
It's fuck. It's crazy to even say that. It really is. It's absolutely crazy. All right, we got the Colts and the Jags. The Jags win thirty to ten. Kind of, uh, kind of paint. You know, we kind of figured that was gonna happen. Brissett, one hundred seventy-four yards, a touchdown, a couple picks. You know, he was okay. A couple picks. You know, whatever. Gore, Gore was pretty efficient. Thirteen for sixty-one. Mac had only six carries. I really thought they would get Mac more involved. Kind of seemed like last week he had over ten carries, I believe, and I kind of figured they would uh, continue. You know, with their season all but over, I figured they would see what they have because Max legit. Uh, Hilton had fifty-one yards and a touchdown. You know, Colts are the Colts. You can't expect them to do much against that Jacksonville defense. Bortles service. Blake Bortles had his had a good game, twenty-six for thirty-five, over three hundred yards and a couple touchdowns. Uh, Funek struggled most of this game, which was kind of surprising against that defense of the Colts. They don't really have a good run game, run defense, excuse me. But he ended up finding the end zone, so that salvaged his day. Marquise Lee, who's been Bortles' favorite target, had seven catches, 86, and got into the paint. And uh, Didi Westbrook, little uh, little flashy player, man. He's fun to watch, too. Really fun in open field. He got six catches for 78 yards. And then Cole also caught a touchdown. You know, if Bortles can play like that, Jacksonville's tough. You know, Jacksonville's tough anyway. That defense is always going to give them a shot. That's what travels in the playoffs. That's what helps. That's what wins in the playoffs. Pardon me. Defense travels, you know. So you saw what they did to Pittsburgh early on. They, they, They beat us up pretty good. Ben threw five picks that game. You know, some of them were tipped, blah, 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 you know. We'll see what happens if that game happens again, but you gotta like what Jacksonville's doing. It seems like Bortles is getting more comfortable, and you still have Fournette and with Lee stepping up and Didi. So I like Jacksonville. They're winning the games they're supposed to win. All right, we had the Lions and the Ravens, and Ravens scoring forty-four points. I would not have thought that, but they put it on the Lions, forty-four to twenty. It got. It was kind of a, a big lead by Baltimore early on, and then Lions kind of closed it up, and then Ravens pulled away. Stafford, 24 for 29, 292. Touchdown pick and a fumble. Green, he was the guy. No Abdullah, so he had 11 for 51 and a touchdown. Riddick, 9 for 21 and a touchdown. Marvin Jones did Marvin Jones things, had 90 yards receiving. Tate had 69. And then Bellow got the TD, but, man, uh, their offense looked not good. Turnovers, fumbles, it just didn't seem like it ever got in sync. Now, got to give credit to Baltimore's defense because that Baltimore's defense is for real. Like I said earlier, they lost Jimmy Smith. That's a big loss. But, you know, Baltimore's playing well at the right time. They struggled out the gate, but they're starting to put it together. Flacco had twenty three, was twenty three for thirty six, two sixty nine, two touchdowns, and no turnovers, which doesn't happen very often. So he's playing well. And if they, if they want to win, they have to get behind that run game. Collins had eighteen carries, seventy five yards, and a couple touchdowns. Buck Allen will get his totes. You know, Woodhead will get his touches. They got to run the ball, and it's you know. When Flacco's slinging the ball around to to Wallace and using Benjamin Watson, using those tight ends, you know, it kind of seems, you know, Flacco still shows glances of what he can be, but overall he's a pretty pedestrian guy, but, 
Wallace had over 100 yards. Watson got in the end zone. So, McCard got in the end zone as well. But, you know, Baltimore's going to have a chance because they play good defense. They're going to keep them in games. And they they, they hit the big play a lot. So, they're playing well at the right time. Disappointed in the Lions. But Baltimore's defense and opportunistic offense and a run team Warren first team they're doing what they should do to win they are following their script and it's working as of late chargers and the browns big win from the chargers had to have it i know that's funny to say because it's cleveland and it's expected but like i said with kansas city falling you need to you need to make sure you beat the teams you're supposed to beat now the chargers have full life and it's good to see it's good to see what Rivers is doing. Had 344 yards and a touchdown, and he's using his man, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has been an absolute fucking monster for three weeks. He had 10 catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. Just been a beast. Hunter Henry was used early and often, had 81. Melvin Gordon, 19 carries, 77. You know, not crazy efficient, but did what he's supposed to. God, I just love what Rivers is doing. His completion percentage is up. His He's not turning the ball over. He's finding Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen a lot. He's using his tight ends. I love what the Chargers are doing. Uh, as for the Browns, they hung in there for, quite, for most of this game. Kaiser was 15 for 32, 215, a touchdown, a pick, and a fumble. Oh, Crowell didn't really couldn't really get it going. He only had ten carries. And uh Josh Gordon's first game back did did well. Four catches, eighty-five. And even though it's an AFC North team, even though they're I, I guess they're a rival, I mean they don't really rival much of for the Steelers. They can't win. So it's good to see Gordon out there. It was nice to see that. It was I hope that he stays there and he, he continues to keep his life clean. It's good to see him because he, he, he's, he's a really good player. So hopefully he continues and has some, some success these last few weeks of the year. And Joku, the tight end, got a touchdown for 74 yards. But like I said, Chargers had to have it. I know it's only the Browns, but you got to beat the team you're supposed to. Now it's this AFC West is wide open, and it's going to be fun to see how that ends up. Uh, we got the Giants and the Raiders, as I spoke about earlier it was a geno smith led giants so they lost the raiders now six and six right in the thick of the afc west like i just alluded to geno 21 for 34 212 a touchdown and a pick wasn't impressive but wasn't bad either just was whatever darkwood 14 carries for 32 got in the end zone i thought they would run the ball with him more uh perkins he got back in the game you know he's been out for a while he only had a few carries but it was good to see him and Evan Ingram their best weapon without Odell and I really think he's he's gonna have a good a really bright career these this dude's a stud he is a freak seven catches 99 yards and a touchdown Shepard had 56 yards but you know what do you expect Giants you know I they I, I can't imagine a lot of those players were happy about the Eli benching and or anything like that. They're just playing, you know, it's business as usual. They're going to give you all the right answers, but it's just couldn't have been a lot of life behind those team, that team. So kind of disappointing. Uh, Carr was twenty two of thirty six, two eighty seven, and a touchdown. And Marshawn Lynch, man, he's played awesome. It's been fun watching Marshawn Lynch get back into the in in into the win column as far as his own mind. Like he's 
He's playing well. He's had back-to-back great games, 17, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Washington also got in the end zone. Uh, Cordell Patterson has been good. He had f- almost 100 yards. Holton caught a big one. He's He's got a touchdown. It's just Oakland, maybe they're starting to click at the right time, too. This AFC West run is going to be fun, people. It's going to be fun. Three, six, and six teams. Oakland was a big favorite. Kansas City started off, you know, it's, it's we're going to see who's who's the boss by the end of this. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I think the Chargers have the best shot of winning that division. All right, Panthers and Saints, game of the week. This is for the lead of the NFC South. Saints got the better of them, 31-21. to 21. Fun game to watch, though. Uh, Cam Newton, 17-27, 183, two touchdowns. Had 51 yards on the ground. John the Stewart got in the end zone. Only had 45 yards. Not a lot of not a lot of work. Funches, who was held in check for the majority of that game, he he, he wasn't getting a lot of work, but he ended up with four catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey only had five catches. I thought they would try to get him more involved, but I think the Saints had quite a good plan for him. But McCaffrey got in the got in the end zone on a swing pass that they kind of forgot about him somehow. So. So, you know, kind of chalk for the Panthers' offense, I would say. Maybe a little less work for McCaffrey, and they didn't get punches going early enough. But, you know, Saints got a good defense, you know, even though they didn't have Marshawn Lattimore out there, which is a horrible loss because he, you know, they might have the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year in Lattimore and Kamara. Lattimore's a stud, but they got Ken Crawley back on the other side, so that helped. Drew Brees, 25 at 34, 269, had a touchdown. He was efficient and good when they needed him. They're going to run the ball a lot. Ingram was good, 14, 85, and a touchdown. Kamara, like I alluded to so much, dude is a fucking animal. He is the offensive rookie of the year, maybe the offensive player of the year. This dude's a stud. I almost wish he had the backfield to himself. No disrespect to Ingram because he's been balling out and he does not deserve to, to give up any of his touches. But, man, when Kamara gets his hands on the ball, it's like sweet, sweet music. I love it. Nine carries for 60 yards and two touchdowns and had 66 yards receiving. Michael Thomas, good game, 570 and one. This is a big game. You know, this is a game that the last few years Saints would have lost. They would have, even though they are at home. They've really taken that step. Their defense is for real. Their run game is for real. I know I've said it over and over. I love the Saints. And Carolina's been playing well, and they're both going to get in more than likely. But I like the Saints. I really do. They're going to be a tough out. Defense travels, run game travels, and they got both. So big game for the Saints, and I like the Saints. Wouldn't be too discouraged if I was a Carolina fan, but we'll see what happens. All right, we got the Rams and the Cardinals. Rams win expectedly, expectedly, thirty-two to sixteen. The Rams are now nine and three. Whew. Cardinals are all but done. Jared Goff, twenty-one of thirty-one, two twenty, two touchdowns and a pick. Gurley did his thing. Didn't get in the end zone, but seventy-four yards rushing, eighty-four yards receiving on twenty-five total touches. Dude's a monster. He's been so good all year, and the way they're utilizing him in the passing game is so good. They they did not do that before McVay, and boy, is it nice. They it's like it's almost like they unlocked a cheat code with him. 
because he's been he's been great. Cooper Cup been the number one guy there since Robert Woods' injury had five catches, sixty eight, and Watkins got in the end zone along with Everett. You know, kind of chalk for this game. No disrespect for the Cardinals, but Rams, you kind of knew this was gonna happen. It, it, the Cardinals hung in there for a bit, but it was it's just. It's too much of a, a gap between these teams, especially with all the injuries that Arizona has had to had to deal with this year. Gabbert had 221 yards, a couple touchdowns to throw a pick. Uh, Karen Williams, Kerwin Williams, however you pronounce his first name, I apologize, had 97 yards on the ground, no AP in this game. I think it was a, it was either a neck or a hand or, or both, something like that. Uh, Fitzgerald got had 10 catches, 98 yards, got in the end zone. Just, you know, not a bad game, really, for Arizona. It's just you ran into a better team. This was one of those games where it was pretty much chalk throughout. All right, the Sunday night game, uh, a very anticipated game, Eagles at the Seahawks, and kind of a, uh, a rude awakening for the Eagles. Now, not going to sit on this mic and tell you that the Eagles are bad and they're overrated. But if you have a second, go see who the Eagles have played. They haven't haven't had the most brutal schedule. Now, it's not their fault. You play who you do it, and they've looked very impressive. It's not like they're sneaking out wins. They, they've, they've played the best in the NFC. I'm not taking away from any of them. But going to Seattle is a whole new ball game. It just is. And it just, it's, it's not as easy. It just isn't. So Carson went 29-45, 348, a touchdown. He had a fumble, had a pick, you know. But, man, he's still incredible. Some of those throws that he made, that throw that he was rolling to his right, getting drugged down from back and still threw the ball on a rope for 48 yards, just beautiful. He, he's, he's the real deal. Uh, Ajay had nine carries for 35 yards. They couldn't get the run game going. You know, it's the it's the Seahawks. That defense is tough to to do anything on. Um, Wentz did had thirty yards on the ground as well. Wentz played well. He did as much as he could. Aguilar had seven catches for a buck forty one and their lone touchdown. Alshon Jeffrey only had sixty one yards. You you figured they'd be have a little more success throwing the ball just because of, you know, no Chancellor and no Sherman, but God. Russell Wilson, MVP. He is the MVP. He's responsible for like 98% of their touchdowns. He's leading the team in passing and rushing. It's unbelievable what this dude is doing. He It seems like every play, he, he gets a snap, runs back six yards, takes a peek, and he just starts doing his thing. It's all Madden after that. You know, he's got people in his face. His offensive line doesn't protect well. Dude just makes plays. You So much respect for that dude. He is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Had 227 yards and three touchdowns. No picks. Also had 31 yards on the ground. Davis, though, that running back, man. I think they might have found the guy that can that can take the lead role for the rest of this year. He He's looked very good. He had 64 yards on 16 carries. So, what, four yards a carry? What else are you going to ask for? If I were any Seattle fan, we'll take four yards to carry out of a running back anytime, any day. Surprise, surprise, Jimmy Graham got in the end zone. Lockett got a touchdown. McKissick got a touchdown. Not a lot of yardage totals. They Baldwin did his thing, but 
Russell Wilson spreading around doing his thing. He's just he's unbelievable. I can't I can't say it enough. He is super unbelievable. He is the MVP in my eyes. There's no doubt about it. I think he should be the MVP and the fact that he's not being talked about as much. I know Wentz is having a great year. I get it, but I really think it should be Russ. All right, Sunday night game, the Steelers and the Bungles. Steelers win, thank God. It'd be a different, I'd have a different attitude talking about this game right now if it wasn't that way. Steelers win 23-20 to and make that seven straight wins. Down 17 to nothing early. Um, they were down 17 nothing with 30 seconds left to go in the first half and had a little screen pass to Bell and then a pass interference to get us all the way down to the five to kick a field goal right before half, and that was the difference. I think that, you know, I figured I was pissed off at the time. I was stomping around, and I figured we'd just kneel on it, but we didn't, and I appreciate that, and I'm glad we went for it because I think getting some points before half was super important. Uh, Big Ben was 24 out of 40, 290, two touchdowns. He had a pick on the first drive. Uh, Le'Veon Bell did Le'Veon Bell things. 18 carries for 76, plus five catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown was super weird, huh? Caught the ball and then just ran down the sideline and nobody wanted to tackle him. You know, they said that they thought he ran out of bounds, I guess, but I'm pretty sure they just didn't want to get dropped. Bell punishes dudes. Antonio Brown did his thing. Eight catches for 101 and a touchdown. He did have a couple drops, some uncharacteristic drops, but he did come in banged up, had that toe injury. Pretty gross looking too, but he caught the uh, game tying score late and took a big look, lick in the meantime, so that was a big play. Mortavis Bryant had four catches, 40 yards, and he made some big catches. He made a couple third down catches to get his first downs, made a big catch, catch at the end. Uh, drew a pass interference on the sideline for like a 40-yard penalty, so he played pretty well. Pretty pretty happy with what Martavis has done. Bengals, uh, Dalton was 21-36, 234, two touchdowns, no picks. He started off pretty good, and that's kind of how Dalton plays. If you don't blitz him, and if you, especially if you get an early lead, you know, once the game, you could tell. When Pittsburgh started, okay, when we scored first, and then they scored, you know, we started closing the gap a little bit, and then he's, he started getting a little more pressure, it's over. I knew it was over, and I knew we were going to have a good shot to win at that point. When 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 it turned into a one-possession game, our defense turned it up, starting to play inspired football, trying to win for 50, and got a couple sacks, got in his face a little bit more, made it uncomfortable, and we got on a roll. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, he played well. He was stressing me out. 13 carries for 77. He got a lot of work towards this in the second half because Mixon went out of the game with a concussion, got walked pretty hard, and Mixon was running pretty well before that, too. Seven carries for 34 yards for him. He did have one catch, too, but, but he didn't get to stay on the field because of that injury. A.J. Green, God, just getting wide open. He had seven for 77 and a couple touchdowns. Just annoying. They converted two third down and 16s, one to A.J. and one to LaFell, and so frustrating. They scored on both those plays or drives. It, but typical Steelers-Bengals game. I'm not going to get into all the, the craziness. I already talked about all that, but big win for Pittsburgh. 
Cincinnati had to have it. It was on the road. If we want to try to get that one seed, you got to win games like this. So I'm super happy we came out with the win, but I'm getting a little tired of winning by last-second field goals every week, no matter who the opponent. So hopefully they got Baltimore next, beat Baltimore, and then set up that showdown with uh, New England, which presumably will decide who the number one seed and which where the uh, playoffs will go through. So, yeah. Before I leave that game, I just want to say my heart and prayers are out to Shazier and his family. I hope he's okay. I know I've already talked about it, but and if perfect, if he's actually actually hurt, I, apparently he's fine. But anytime it gets that way, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. So, all right, that's it for the games, people. I am going to talk about the UFC two eighteen card very quickly. Um, we had. Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gaethje was the first fight I want to talk about. Uh, it was Justin Gaethje's first loss of his career, and Eddie beat him by knockout in the third round with a knee to the grill. Boy, this fight was crazy, crazy. They they dubbed this fight as for the belt of all violence, and that's exactly what it was. They were basically fighting in a phone booth all night. They were. Just sitting in the pocket, trading swings. Eddie Alvarez was working that body so beautifully. And Gaethje was working that leg kick. Eddie couldn't barely stand, use, put any weight on his left leg. He looked like he had a everlasting gobstopper in his mouth by the end of the fight. His cheek was so swollen out. Gaethje was so busted up. It was just, it was a fucking war. It was absolutely crazy, but Eddie ended up getting to him. Those body shots added up. Gaethje was so tired, and Alvarez put that knee on his chin, and it was all she wrote. Just a just a crazy fight. Like I said, that was Gaethje's first loss, but he's eighteen and one now. But he was he's seventeen and zero outside of the UFC. So he was in the World Series of Fighting. He's now one and one in the UFC with a win over Michael Johnson. Gaethje's still gonna be around. He's still younger and. He's fun to watch. I wish he would be a little bit more technical and use it. He was a uh, all-American wrestler, so if he would go back to that instead of just brawling and trading shot for shot, that's just not going to work in the UFC. But shout out to Eddie to get back in the win column. All right, then we had Sergio Pettis fighting Henry Suhudo, which basically basically was a title eliminator fight. Um, whoever wins, whoever won this fight is, is kind of you know is in line for a title shot. And Cejudo beat him, and I figured Cejudo would have beat him. Pettis was everybody's darling pick, but Cejudo has really turned it on as a light. Coming off that knockout against Wilson Hayes with a piston of a right hand, but this dude is an Olympian. He won the gold medal in freestyle wrestling, and that's what he did. He wrestled Pettis's balls off. That's all he did. He just got his ass to the ground. Got moved through his guard, got to side control, beat the shit out of him. That's all he did. And it was beautiful. It was an absolute clinic and of him just putting him on his ass and out wrestling him the whole fight. Very entertaining. And Cejudo should be in line for a title fight, but now with this DJ fighting TJ shit that's going to happen, which everybody wants to see TJ and DJ fight. So, But DJ's issue is he wants TJ to fight someone else. In the 125 pound division before he gets the title shot. I don't know if that's because he doesn't want to fight someone good for once. 
or if he wants to make sure that he can make the weight or what have you. But Suhudo obviously gladly said, I'll take TJ. So I think that one wouldn't be too bad. TJ goes down, fights Henry Suhudo, and whoever wins that fight fights uh, Demetrius for the title. We'll see what happens, though. All right, the co-main event was Alistar, Overeem, and Francis Ngannou. Holy fucking brutal. Right now, I don't care if you turn me off. Go to YouTube and search that fight. Overeem versus Ngannou. Ngannou is spelled N-G-A-N-N-O-U. And watch Ngannou knock his fucking head off. Early. I think it was like a minute and a half into the fight. And he puts this absolutely brutal uppercut that went, uh, like, um, like picked up a 250-pound dude. Joe Rogan yelled, I think he got electrocuted. His fucking toes were so curled up. Oh, my. It was fucking devastating. Absolutely devastating. The hype train is fucking real. Francis Ngannou is an absolute terrifying individual. And he got his title shot. He's going to fight Stipe Miocic for the title for sure. Sounds like early on in the year. I mean, he's not injured or nothing. He just went in there and knocked him out. So that's going to be a fucking war. Ngannou is an absolute beast. He is a freak. He's a two, He's got, like, cut down to make the heavyweight limit of 265 pounds. And he's got, like, 5% body fat. Dude's a fucking animal. It it, uh, uh, it was just nuts. I figured Overeem would give him his biggest test because it's obviously his biggest and best opponent he's faced. And Nagano just was like, nope, you're going to sleep. It was nuts. All right, the main event was Jose Aldo against Max Holloway, a rematch for the featherweight title, and Holloway dominated him. I picked Aldo in this fight, and Holloway dominated him, absolutely dominated him. Uh, all those kicks were working early, but he didn't throw nearly enough. And Max was just the better fighter everywhere. He was the aggressor. He controlled the center of the octagon. He walked him down. He And Aldo, every time he punched, was putting everything into it. And Max was not. He was just boom, 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 duck, dodge, move, boom, just wearing him down. Body, head, body, kick, you know. Just just a just a beautiful clinic of boxing and everything. He was absolutely incredible. And then as soon as blood was smell smelled and he and he started wearing down Jose, he just went in there for the fucking kill and knocked him out. So Max beat is the only person to ever beat Jose Aldo twice and he's dominant. I would love to see him and Connor get it on again, but that's a talk for some other time. So that wraps it up for the, the UFC card, and that wraps it up for me. So good to be back. So good to be back. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody that has reached out and supported me and is continuing to support me. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at hi, my name is Ben06. Instagram at Taka Sports with Ben. Email Taka Sports with Ben at Outlook.com. If you want a shout out, hit me up on any of those platforms. And will you do me one little tiny favor? I'm not the begging type, but I would really, really appreciate if you guys would take a second and go and give me a five-star rating on iTunes and write a nice review. I would like to get those up. I, it would help me out a lot. Maybe I can 
helps my helps the podcast get some more exposure, helps it get out there. So you would be doing me a big favor if you went in there and gave me a five-star review and write something nice. Go to SoundCloud and like it, subscribe to it, all that good stuff. I very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you all for listening, and I will see you next time.